to me, a lot of the current political discussion, uh, which really is pushed by corporate media, is performative distraction. Performative distraction. And what I mean by that is, you know, all right, the election's over. Uh, they're trying to continue covering the Capitol insurrection two and a half months later, but there's kind of a little bit of a, what we would call in the news business, like a little lull. There's a lull. There shouldn't yeah. be. There's plenty to cover. The corporate media just chooses never to leave the studio and do so. So there's a bit of a lull. So now they're talking about the filibuster and how if we just change the filibuster or eliminate the filibuster, suddenly democracy would rain from the heavens. So I want to play you a couple clips because this is all performative bullshit, and I'm going to explain why. So let me first start with uh, President Biden, uh, with George Stephanopoulos. Stephanopoulos. Um, Every time you do that, I can't remember how to say his name correctly. <laughs> start with Georgie, who is an organ of the Democratic Party anyway, used to work for Bill Clinton, now gets paid millions to do propaganda. Uh, let's start with George Stephanopoulos, huh? Here we go. My Republican friends, they don't like it because, in fact, their their idea of a tax cut is to give the Trump tax cut where 83 percent went to the top one percent of the people in America. You're going to be raising those taxes. Yes. Anybody making more than four hundred thousand dollars will see a small to a significant tax increase. If you make less than four hundred thousand dollars, you won't see one single penny in additional federal tax. Well, let's talk raw politics here. You didn't get a single Republican vote for tax cuts. How are you going to get a Republican vote for a tax increase? Well, I may not get a, uh, but I'll get the Democratic votes for a tax increase. So just say you're not likely to get Republican votes for the tax increase. You're not likely to get Republican votes for H.R. 1, expanding voting rights or the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. So aren't you going to have to choose? I know you've been reluctant to do away with the filibuster. Aren't you going to have to choose between preserving the filibuster and advancing your agenda? Yes. But here's the choice. I don't think you have to eliminate the filibuster. You have to do it what it used to be when I first got to the Senate. And that is that a filibuster, you had to stand up and command the floor. So you're for that reform. You're for bringing back the talking filibuster. I am. That's what it was supposed to be. Just put a hold on it. That's it. Yeah. It almost is getting to the point where democracy is having a hard time functioning. I'm not saying this is going to be easy, George. But I do believe there's enough Republicans over time. We haven't had that epiphany you said you were going to see in the campaign. No, no, well, I've only been here six weeks, pal. Okay, give me a break. Seventy-eight <laughs> percent of the people say they support this program. Fifty-two percent of Republicans, Republican voters, want to be able to choose between being able to send their kid to a daycare that they can afford. It's not like uh, I want to replay. I want to replay that one part because it's so important. I want to replay. This one little part at the end of that, because it's very, very important. And frankly, I don't know why the progressive movement doesn't raise holy hell about this. Let's hear what Biden has to say about the popularity, the popularity of the coronavirus bill. But here's the choice. I don't think you have to eliminate the filibuster. You have to do it what it used to be when I first got to the Senate. And that is that a filibuster, you had to stand up and command the floor. So you're for that reform. You're for bringing back the talking filibuster. I am. That's what it was supposed to be. Just put a hold on it. That's it. Yeah. It almost is getting to the point where democracy is having a hard time functioning. I'm not saying this is going to be easy, George, but I do believe there's enough Republicans over time. They haven't had that epiphany you said you were going to see in the campaign. No, no. Well, I've only been here six weeks, pal. 
Okay, give me a break. Seventy-eight <laughs> percent of the people say they support this program. Fifty-two percent of Republicans, Republican voters, want to be able to choose between being able to send their kid to a daycare that they can afford. It's not like uh, okay, Jen. So let's be very clear here. I know, I know. You know, you you even said like your brain's not operating, but I think even <laughs> the people that are struggling with COVID or anything else, this is a very simple point he made. Right? He said. There is majority support for the coronavirus stimulus. He said, I think 78% support it. He said 52% of Republicans support it. So this is why we should do it. This is why, you know, we should do more popular things. Uh, what else has majority support in this country? Mm, good old Medicare for all. Uh, I would say the Green New Deal has majority support in this country. Uh, a $15 minimum wage, which he just mm -hmm. sold out. He just sold out because, oh, the Senate parliamentarian. So where is the progressives? This is very simple messaging. Uh, Biden's four popular things, if it won't completely rock, if it won't fundamentally change anything, it will. he's four popular things temporarily. But if the masses want something permanently, well, no, 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 no. Uh, that we can't really do direct democracy per se, that we can't actually represent people and the majority public sentiment, Medicare for all, overwhelming popularity, uh, also with Republicans, don't, do not let, do not let the naysayers be like, well, if you tweak the wording of the polling, it's not popular. That's bullshit. It is popular. A Fox News poll recently used the terms Government, healthcare, majority support in that Fox News poll. Green New Deal, majority support. $15 minimum wage, majority support. I would venture to guess if you started polling $20 minimum wage, you'd have close to majority support. I mean, I could go down the list. Banning fracking is close to majority support. Um, yeah. uh, uh, UBI, not majority support, but some type of UBI. You can basically get any result you want depending on how you word the question. So disingenuous people, of course, can can word it in the way they want to not get majority support. But realistic polling, of course, those things, you know, win. So uh, the bottom line is, the bottom line is, he's trying to make the case that we should listen to the people when there's popular support, but he doesn't want to listen to the people. If it will actually give permanent relief. And this is why I always call it the United Corporations of America, because the truth is he's not making the decisions. Biden isn't making the ultimate decisions. Harris, who, you know, people say is the shadow president, she ain't making the, the permanent decisions. None of a few more trips up those stairs. Just right. <laughs> None of these people are making the permanent decisions because they work within the confines of what is allowed and who determines yeah. what is allowed. Their donors. Their donors might say, okay, well, you know, child tax credit for a year, expanding that. That sounds reasonable in these tough times. Uh, talk about actually making it permanent. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, yeah, tens of millions of people have actually lost their employer health insurance during the pandemic because contrary to Pete Buttigieg, uh, no, people aren't hanging on for dear life to the choice of private health insurance. Uh, they're just hanging on for dear life, period. But- Biden yeah. and the Democrats in this bill, their uh, their bright idea was to give an insane amount of money to Cobra, the private health insurance scam, 
instead of expanding Medicare, which would have been much cheaper. So all of this is theater. He doesn't believe in, you know, he's talking about, oh, democracy is having a hard time working. Well, yeah, it is having a hard time working if you, Joe Biden, it's not just Biden, Mitch, Mitch McConnell, Kevin McCarthy, all of them, P Pelosi for sure. It's having a hard time working because we don't have a democracy. If you had a democracy, popular public sentiment would be the law of the land. If you had a democracy, of course, politicians aren't going to, if they have a firm conviction against something. But when, when, you know, when you're at 60, 65, 70% approval for things, and you're supposed to be representing the people, well, the people, the majority support it, but you're not representing them because your donors won't allow it. So it's complete bullshit that he's, and by the way, I agree that the 1.9 trillion stimulus, although I think it's a Band-Aid for a gunshot wound, it's it's significantly more than Obama did during the 09 uh, um, crisis. We don't have to poo-poo it completely. I think the child tax credit is a good thing. There's some other, th like food, uh, expanded food and nutrition programs. It's not all bad, but the point is it's temporary and it's not enough. And I don't know why progressives aren't saying, hey, but President Biden, we agree with you. And now that you're talking about popular programs and listening to the will of the people, what about Medicare for all? Why is it that you're, that you're for and you think people should be for this popular program, but somehow you're going to veto an equally popular program, Medicare for all, which I don't know, would come into handy right now, Jen, during this pandemic, which, again, this is a whole nother topic, Jen, but we're not exactly out of the woods. You got different variants spreading across the country. They just found the first case of the Brazil variant mm -hmm. in New York. We're not completely out of the woods. Uh, Miami Beach, I think it was last night. Literally, cops had to spread up these lunatic spring breakers all congregated. Yeah. Yeah, the cases are down now. That doesn't mean you can't have another surge. So my whole point in this is they don't care about democracy. They don't care about democracy, and they know we don't have one. If we did have a democracy, they would not be using the excuse of the Senate parliamentarian to abandon their promise of a $15 minimum wage. Your thoughts? Yeah, so I, I think... This has obviously been a really popular topic in the news lately, and I'm watching all of these talking heads, Dana Bash and Morning Joe, and all of these, all of these people that you see all over the place. The Democrats, the Nancy Pelosi's, the Chuck Schumer's, the Dick Durbin's, the you know Joe Biden's, all of these people who are just putting on this theater, as you call it, um, they couldn't accomplish that without the complicity of the media because i was thinking you know how the the public wants this so how are these politicians brainwashing the very same public that wants these things to sit down and shut up when their politicians are not doing the things they want and so it's it's partially the media of course but you're really the only one that i've seen who, who pointedly says this is all theater because of the donors, because that is truly who they are beholden to. Can you imagine a Jake Tapper getting on CNN and saying that right now? He wouldn't. He never would. Um, and so Who's I don't. I call him Jake Tupperware. 
Jake, Jake Tupperware and George Schnupper, whatever you say, call it. <laughs> none of these, none of these fools would, would say that. Um, and that's, that's really what it comes down to is these, these donors and the, the puppet string coolers are in politics as they are in media and together they work to, um, to fool the public and to not get anything done. Um, that truly benefits anyone, and and it's the people who who are not not awake, so to speak, uh, just just take it. You know the 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 normie Democrats, if you want to call them that, like the regular Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton voters, um, liberals. They they just sit down and take it, even though they do agree that Medicare for all would be good, that a $15 minimum wage would be good. You know, and even even what Bernie is pushing, like a $15 minimum wage in five years, that's ridiculous. I know that's not what he actually wants. It's what he thinks he might be able to get through, but that's it's absurd. That's absolutely absurd. And we can't even get that. So why are we as, um, a population sitting down and taking this, if not for the media, if not for these um, Democrats who have, we've been trained, you know, on the, the Democratic side, on the liberal side, on the leftist side to trust. Um, it's, that's, I, I think that's, you know, part of the answer here. There, there's no, there's no, there's no savior who's actually doing things for the good of the public. It is all for show, just as you say. I want to circle back to this filibuster thing real quick, because there was something that Biden said, and all of these people are saying, you got Dickie Durbin, let's see what he <laughs> can say. Dick Durbin about uh, possibly doing away with the filibuster. Uh, this is him. The reason that I'm bringing this up is because I just think the media that covers this is being so completely, they're just lying to you that this even matters. Okay. Let me start. First of all, I'm not like, I'm not even going to dignify a talking filibuster. Like that matters. Like this is what Biden's big, brave idea is. Okay. If you make them talk, you know what they're going to do? Okay. Like Tom Cotton will come up and just read, like, <laughs> just read, uh, a, a Breitbart article on why the six New York Times 1619 project is terrible, or uh, <laughs> you'll just read like Rush Limbaugh's books, you know, the late great scoundrel who recently died. Like it doesn't matter a talking filibuster. It doesn't change the actual threshold for what you would need for a vote. But putting I think I've like idealized 
talking filibusters because of Bernie's and like Mr. Smith goes to Washington. <laughs> the talking filibuster is not going to bring you to the promised land. <laughs> the reality is, and you and I were talking about this before the live stream, even if you completely got rid of the filibuster completely, which I'm all for, I don't want to poo-poo that because it would be good. That's not, that's not going to get us to the promised land either because the problem isn't Senate procedure. The pro problem isn't the filibuster. Well, it is part of it, but that's just what like MSNBC viewers think. Like, oh, really? The real grave threat to our democracy is the filibuster is stopping progress. No, no, no. Even if you got rid of the filibuster, we just saw through this coronavirus stimulus, even if you only needed majority vote, 51 votes, you have enough people that are corrupt. Let me repeat that. You have enough people that are elected representatives who are bought off. Why does Joe Manchin vote down the $15 minimum wage? Look at who donates money to him. Why does Kristen Cinema go up like she's in an episode of Clueless and mm. thumbs down? Look at who's donating money to her. There were eight Democrats when Bernie put Okay, no cl no clueless slander. Oh, excuse me. Uh, there were there were <laughs> uh, Bernie who as an amendment just did a straight vote on the minimum wage. There was eight Democrats who voted no, including Biden's BFF Chris Coons in Delaware, including two senators from New Hampshire. So the problem isn't just the filibuster. I would argue that if you got rid of the filibuster tomorrow, we still don't have enough votes on the Democratic side for Medicare for all, for a Green New Deal, for a $15 minimum wage to make the child tax credit permanent, which to me, child tax credit is kind of like a neoliberal policy, but certainly better than nothing. So you have the problem isn't the filibuster. The problem is our government has been auctioned off to corporate America and our politicians are have been bribed. I, I don't agree with Jank Uger on much of anything anymore, but the original roots of TYT and what he said, I will borrow from him. It's a legalized auction. That's America. It's a legalized auction. So Jen, get rid. Okay. We do a standing filibuster. Obviously that's not going to make a difference. Get rid of the filibuster. Do, do you think that means that Medicare for all would pass? Green no. New Deal, $15 minimum wage. Am I wrong? No, you're right. It wouldn't make a difference. So that's my point. They're trying to gaslight you. And this is what the corporate media does so well. It really is, a, in, a, in a way, uh, a psychops. It, it, ha it has a way of distracting people of what is actually happening. So after Hillary lost to a game show host, they distracted people into thinking, new Cold War. It's the Russians. Now that Biden has won and he essentially in a month essentially walked back three of his core promises and he didn't make many promises. You know, the whole campaign was restoring the soul of something. But $15 <laughs> minimum wage, walk that back. $2,000, walk that back. Uh, now he's firing people because they smoked weed. Seriously. Oh, God. He just fired five people. Because they previously smoked weed. So, a hundred overall, just five in the White House. It, so, oh, a hundred overall. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, it, it's just, it's intellectually dishonest. And the media is acting like, oh my God, this would be some brave new frontier having them do a talking filibuster. Why don't you actually ask?
Dana Bash or Jake Tupperware or George Stephanopoulos. <laughs> Why wouldn't you ask well, President Biden correctly saying that the $1.9 trillion stimulus has overwhelming support? So if we're talking about policies that have overwhelming support, we got a pandemic. Tens of millions of people are now off their health care, lost their health care. Why does this bill give, I think, $60 billion to COBRA rather than just expanding Medicare, which here's the polls. You're talking about popular polls. Why are you ignoring the popularity of Medicare for all? Uh, you see what's going down down there in Texas because fossil fuels don't invest money in actually uh, protecting their infrastructure, weatherizing. Uh, that's why you had the disaster in Texas and Mississippi, might I add. Uh, why aren't you for a Green New Deal, which has overwhelming support? But they don't ask these questions because they want to deflect and distract and create this performative discussion that really this is about the filibuster. So I don't want you to be confused. Uh, I, I, I'm for getting rid of the filibuster, but I think it's intellectually dishonest for them to be pushing that this somehow is what's stopping democracy. No, no. What's stopping democracy is elections seem, in some cases they matter, but overwhelmingly we keep electing people that don't honor their promises, that don't even make many promises, and essentially twist themselves into human pretzels to go against public sentiment. Do you think genuinely, genuinely, what objective person actually believes that the reason a $15 minimum wage is not the law of the land right now is because of something called the Senate parliamentarian. Seriously, that's not a thing. He doesn't, he didn't put a $15 minimum wage in because he genuinely doesn't believe in it. He's never believed in it. He might say it as a policy, but he never believed in it because his record shows he doesn't believe in it. And by the way, why this is so detrimental, Jen, that they're mo moving back off on this because it sets back the entire progressive movement and progress permanently. Because the truth is we needed to get a $15 minimum wage done like right now because it's not enough. And then we could have started fighting and setting the groundwork for a $20 minimum wage. You need to get basically a $15 minimum wage. That's, that's what it should have been. I don't know. 15, 20 years ago, not now. So by this being delayed, it only delays the eventuality of the campaign for $20 minimum wage for more than that. Um, so I just think people are really, um, they're being gaslit. And for, unfortunately, yeah. unfortunately, Jen, I know, you know, I got my Bernie doll and we all love Bernie. <gasps> I uh, should have brought my, my Bernie doll over. I should go get it. My new know, one. We all love we all love Bernie and what he's done, but I think Bernie's out to lunch right now. I think AOC, the squad, uh, Rokana, Pramila Jayapal, you know, I don't really know what they're doing. I, I got to tell you the truth. I don't know what they're doing because they're not doing what they said they were going to do, which is fight. You know, Pramila Jayapal just reintroduces the Medicare for all bill. OK, well, what does that matter? You don't have leverage like Jimmy just did a video on it. The leverage you had was two months ago. You don't have any leverage now. So you could reintroduce the bill. You could tweet about it, but you don't have any leverage. They don't have to give you anything now because you gave them everything they wanted, uh, voting for Pelosi, 
voting for this 1.9 trillion stimulus without demanding anything. So we don't have any leverage. AOC, you know, all these people, I don't, I, I, you know, I, I, I think they're, I think the motivations are there, but the tactics and the strategy are not there. And AOC, I saw her do like this, now this video, like talking about this 1.9 trillion stimulus deal, which is, you know, we fought for this, we fought for that. Well, I, I, I think the 1.9 trillion, and if you watch R Richard Wolf, it's a lot of temporary measures that are going to give an economic sugar high, but fundamentally, it's not going to change anything structurally. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know what the progressive movement is doing at this point. I think Bernie right now is not using the power or leverage he has. I don't know if it's his, he's just tired. He's been around for six years running across the country. He's burnt out. He's pushing 80. I don't know what it is, but I think right now you have a fractured progressive movement that's not actually playing hardball. And Bernie did say, and we should hold him to what he said. I don't idolize Bernie Sanders and nobody should. He said, hold your nose, get Biden in there, get rid of Trump, and we fight Biden on day one. Well, where's the fight? Yeah. Um, this is Melissa Mays. She's a Flint resident, uh, longtime activist. I've known her for a long time. And I was just describing Melissa, and I want to get to like seven years, <laughs> seven years coming up. But I also wanted to explain, because I don't really think people realize, and you also could describe in terms of the residents, your fight just to get the local media to give a damn. But I wanted to explain for the people, I mean, without getting too in-depth, like you kind of know some of the things we're working on and are going to report. In a sane system, wouldn't you just be having, wouldn't you be having news outlets like fighting to public for, for you to choose them to publish with? But instead, when you get evidence of criminal behavior, when you get evidence of criminal cover-ups, we have media outlet after media outlet after media outlet, they either completely pass or they just print whatever at the time the, the governor of Michigan told them to print or the current attorney general of Michigan puts out there. For the viewers, can you, can you explain? The, it hasn't just been a fight for justice. It's been a fight for the, to actually get the media to actually investigate this. Well, right. I mean, it's it's the fact that people are still surprised that we're still going we're going on almost seven years in the Flint water crisis. They assume that everything is fine. Everything's taken care of because mainstream media isn't covering us anymore. And that is not for a lack of trying. We're not just sitting around waiting for somebody to parachute in and cover the story. I mean, we had that at the beginning of 2016 for a small amount of time. But before that, for the entire year before that, that I was in, you know, when I first got started in January 2015, we begged the media to cover us. And if they did, it would be a small blip or blurb. And whatever we were saying was then washed out by what the state and the, you know, experts, the MDEQ, the, basically the people that were responsible for poisoning us, what they would say, which would then just dismiss what the people were saying. And they would say, well, you know, they're just overreacting and they don't understand the science. And so we would look like, you know, just over emotional idiots. I mean, they were referring to us as bored housewives and, you know, or so the, you know, the, the white women were referred to as bored housewives, the black women were referred to as crazy, the black men were referred to as thugs, the brown folks were, um, you know, still referred to as immigrants who just want something for free. 
Um, so they categorize us, they label us, and they do everything they can to silence us and diminish what we're saying. And this has been going on for over six years that I've been aware of. And I've got a big old mouth and I've tried to be on everything. And, you know, it's funny because I try to do every interview I possibly could. But now I, I don't as much. And I, I really feel like I should because, you know, we got to continue to get the word out. But the way that we're covered, if we're covered at all in mainstream media, it's diminishing. I mean, you know, I did an interview for Politico and it was a very long one and it was very thorough. But yet they come out and said, you know, like the whole gist of their article is Flint, ha Flint has clean water now. Why don't they trust it? No. No, we don't. I mean, and the thing is, is, it doesn't take a scientist to be able to tell you that if you're still drinking water through contaminated and corroded pipes, that it's not going to be good water. I mean, it's just common sense. But they're so quick to wrap us up and to blow us off the same as, you know, they've done this entire time. Yeah, I mean, we've tried. And honestly, at this point, what I rely on is, you know, you. Unfortunately, sorry, you have to carry the brunt of this and everything you've been going through because of this, but you and basically some international media, because then I don't have to worry about them, you know, whitewashing it or dealing with the corporate interests and the sponsors and all that stuff, changing the narrative um, and taking little bits and pieces. And that's why, like, um, they call me the soundbite queen anymore, because I don't give them enough to where they can twist around or cut down. I mean, without actually completely changing my quote. And then I've got enough attorneys now to deal with that if I really wanted to. But I just give it short, sweet to the point, there it is. And I put it on video and I try to do lives so that way they can't twist what I say. And I mean, we shouldn't have to go through this. We shouldn't have to go through this kind of effort because you know, this is a huge crisis still. And it's huge, it's a massive piece of corruption and it is, it's not just happening to Flint now. Now that it's been allowed to happen to us for this long, it's happening to other cities and it's going to continue to happen. So this is a national human problem. It's not a political problem. It's a human problem. It's, you know, corruption at its finest and people profiting off of poisoning the poor minorities, most vulnerable people and getting away with this crime. But yet Flint fatigue whatever that is. So yeah, no, it's about impossible to get decent coverage from anybody who isn't willing to stick their neck out. And then again, there's that question, why should you get punished? Why should anybody stick their neck out for Flint when this is the reality of what's happening to us and what we're living in? And it's a true story and it's an ongoing corruption story, but yet we're told, well, we can't cover this. It's not enough. Not enough people care anymore. Or, you know, Governor Snyder had threatened uh, threatened some of our local um, uh, media that if they covered anything that we said or did, any of our press conferences related to bacteria or the different service lines and the different testing, that they wouldn't get an interview with the governor's office ever again. I mean, Seriously. And again, let's look at the fact that the governor's office is who made these decisions, who was in charge. So you're letting the abusers control the narrative, control the media coverage. And that's why we're still here. And that's why people like you get punished for doing, you know, the right thing. So I want to I want to bring this so people really can think about it, like contextually right now. Can you imagine for I mean, let's put aside, for example, the sexual harassment and assault with Andrew Cuomo, which on its own, he should resign. He's a pig and he's also corrupt. But let's put that aside for a second. Can you imagine if, if, a, if a news outlet through search warrants had, had learned or gotten Governor Cuomo's phone records and found during the time period that this COVID nursing home stuff was going on, 
found over two days the governor, his chief of staff, and the health director had been on the phone like a bunch of drunken teenagers uh, 22 times over two days, way more than they are, are ever on the phone. Can you imagine if a news outlet had gotten the governor's phone record showing that scramble of phone activity, not to mention a briefing that was sent to Governor Cuomo that might have said something like, uh, yeah, there's a major fucking problem here. You're sending people to their deaths. If that came out in the New York media market, which is the number one media market in the world, it would be everywhere. The only difference is Jen and I found that for something seven years ago for Flint, Michigan. We found the governor's phone records. Don't take it from me. The investigate the Flint water criminal investigators had found and concluded that the governor, his chief of staff, and health director were literally on the phone over two days strategizing and, and plotting how do we stop the news of a deadly bacteria in the water from getting to the public two weeks before my reelection for governor. That's what we found. We also found that there was an in-writing briefing sent to the governor. He told Congress, I didn't know anything about Legionella. Until January 2016, there was a briefing addressed to the governor that said Legionella twice. And we published that with The Intercept. Nothing. Crickets from the local media and the national media. And I just want the audience to know, and Melissa knows some of this. I drove to Michigan two, two ways. It was a long drive, nine hours. The way back was through a snowstorm. And... I literally met with the Detroit Free Press in a parking lot. Like you could literally put this in a movie. I met with an editor from the Detroit Free Press in a parking lot. We talked, you know, in our cars with the windows open because of COVID. I handed him this evidence. This wasn't like my opinion. This was just black or white evidence. Hey, here's the, here's the phone logs. Here's the briefing. Here's a whole lot of other shit. The editor, Melissa, said to me, and I quote, yeah, we regret not doing more on Flint. This is Detroit Free Press, an hour down the road. We regret not doing more on Flint. Told me what we had was very significant. Called it circumstantial, which is bullshit. But at least he said, this is pretty big. And then five days later, tells me, yeah, we're going to pass. We don't have the resources or we can't invest. So at a certain point, and I'd love your thoughts, Melissa. This wasn't just a free press, by the way. The Detroit News wouldn't touch it. The Flint Journal wouldn't touch it. The New York Times, the Washington Post, none of them. At a certain point, is it, th is it that the media is lazy or is it that the media is actually suppressing information fr from reaching the public, including Flint, by the way, because I would, I would venture to guess 2 to 3% of Flint, Michigan, even know about the story we did in January, even know what we found. I'm beginning to think... Something's the matter in Kansas here. Something's the matter here. Because it doesn't seem to me like it's simply a matter of, oh, it's a long time ago and nobody cares. I think they're, for whatever reason, these media outlets don't want this information to reach the public. Yeah, and they can't even say it's, you know, it's just a one-sided political thing because Snyder was Republican. The current AG is a Democrat. Um, the, the former uh, special prosecutor under the former AG, Republican, yet 
that former prosecutor did the work. They did the investigations. They did it in a nonpartisan fashion. They did the, it didn't matter who, if you did something wrong, they were going to include it in the investigation. Then you have the current one that pro, that ran, the current AG, she ran on justice for Flint. That was her platform. And I don't know if she knows what justice means, but Governor Snyder getting a $1,000 fine and a slap on the wrist that he's fighting like it's a homicide charge um, is not justice. And not getting these documents out that's been in their hands for years, that's not justice. And no, most residents don't know because the only source of media we have is very, it's corporate, it's local, and they don't print anything on this. And if they do, it's like one random journalist that's trying to get this out, but it's still got to go be filtered through the corporate media. And oh goodness, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to piss off the AG or the governor's office because then you're not going to be able to do future stories. So yeah, no, I, what it means to us, what it feels like is, you know, F you, Flint, you mean nothing. You're not important enough. But let's go ahead and talk about Cuomo over in New York. Let's talk about that. Let's not talk about the fact, because, you know, because COVID's a hot thing. So let's not talk about how the fact that all of these residents who ended up with Legionnaires and, uh, or bacterial, you know, some kind of bacterial pneumonia, bacterial respiratory disease are far more vulnerable to COVID. Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about the people who are dead and the families who still have questions. And there's no justice for those who were killed because this information was hidden. Melissa, I wanted to, I don't want to mess with your heart arrhythmia, but I wanted to show you something that might make your blood boil a little bit because there's nothing better than uh, you a little peeved. Because I just want people to understand, there's almost 300 people watching. I want you to understand as we speak, what is today? March 21st. A couple months ago, I drove to Michigan. I'm not going to say much more, but let's just say I got a lot of information. And I couldn't get all of that information into one story. So now we're doing a second story. I don't want to say too much, but I have information and evidence that former Governor Rick Snyder, we're talking about Andrew Cuomo, who's the more timely story. Let's just forget that this happened seven years ago. Let's just imagine it happened right now, okay? The former governor of Michigan as, and his administration, I have evidence. They destroyed evidence. They destroyed evidence before criminal prosecutors could obtain it. When I say destroy, I mean got rid of. Is that simple enough for you? They got rid of potential evidence so that prosecutors and investigators couldn't look. They also hid, literally hid, physically moved evidence. Uh, they, the governor, I don't want to say too much, but let's just say obstructed the criminal investigation. You know, there's, there's something called obstruction of justice. Obstructed the criminal investigation. You know how they're talking about Donald Trump right now, calling those election officials in Georgia saying, you know, find me 12,000 votes or whatever. Worse, that times 10, because this involved people dying. I mean, we have a lot. I mean, honestly, this one story, there's probably five or six little mini bombs in it that could be their own stories. We have evidence that they literally burned, burned. I mean, B-U-R-N, not criminal, not criminal evidence, but burned things that they wanted to get rid of that looked bad. So with all of this, all of this, do you know, and you could ask my wife because she has seen me. And Melissa, we spoke on the phone, I think, I don't know, a week ago when I was literally just like 
telling you, I, I don't know what more I could do. I'm just dejected because in, in a sane system, everything we have, I mean, the New York Times would be begging for it. The Associated Press would be begging for it. The Detroit Free Press would be begging for it. But not only has outlet after outlet after outlet passed, outlets that in the past we've worked with have extremely, extremely, um, what's the kind word, uh, this up in terms of not getting it out. <laughs> so I, I reached out to somebody I know, an editor that I've worked with in the past who I actually like to be like, I, I just reached out to her and I said, can you just like, I, I honestly, I genuinely don't understand this. I, I, I do, I'm baffled. I don't understand. Like, cause I had asked this editor, do you mind passing this to your editor to see if they'd be interested in the story? And she got back to me saying, you know, sorry, they passed. So I asked her not, I wasn't mad at her. It's not her fault, but I asked her, am I missing? Am I in the twilight zone? Am I in the journalistic twilight zone? Do I need to get video of Rick Snyder pouring lead in the water? What do you people need to publish the truth in America? And I want to show you, Melissa, what she told me. And I'm not disclosing who it is or what outlet it is. Because, again, this was just somebody being the messenger. She wasn't saying no. She asked her boss and they said no. I want to show you this absolutely bat explanation that I got for why they won't. Basically, why they won't print anything more on Flint. So. Here's here's the first part of this. Quote, I think because the main story happened so long ago that stories that follow up have to reveal new information to the readers. Uh, as far as the most as far as most readers know, the deal is that, quote, the water crisis is was bad. Lots of people are dealing with it, suffered incredible illnesses. The government was um, corrupt in covering this all up. But we all know this, so what else is there? What? We all know this, so what else is there? Like, most people know the broad strokes of the story and maybe even some of the more narrow strokes. So what is new? You know, you know, you know, and I know that the information that you're getting has not been publicly uh, reported before. But to most readers, this information does not advance the story. It's just more granular information. So people are not likely to dive in. I had to convince some people at, we, you know, we removed which outlet it was. I had to convince some people at this outlet, even that what you had was new info. People were pretty on board, but they did have to be convinced. So, Melissa, I want to start. I want to start from the beginning here. And again, I'm not criticizing this person because I like her and she's just the messenger. She was basically trying to explain to me, here's why I think they're passing. So, Melissa, um, when they say what's there's nothing new here or we you might know it, but like what's the new information? Um, is there any public reporting that Governor Snyder and his administration destroyed evidence? Is, th is that known to the public? Nope. Nope. <laughs> That's new. Uh, wait, do they have a different, like, should they replace the word new with something we give a shit about? Because yeah. that, that's what that feels like to me. Because all of this has been new. All of it is new. 
to us here and to the rest of the, the world. So let me start with that. <clears throat> you, who's pretty plugged in, I mean, you have some alerts for Flint My News. whole friggin' life. Uh, and people I talk other than you, people I talk to in Flint, this is news to them that evidence was erased, um, that evidence was hidden. And I'm not going to say more because I don't want to give it all away. But when I say hidden, I'm talking about a deliberate process to literally move evidence to an area that it could not be found. Okay? You're talking like, I don't even think Watergate is that bad, to tell you the truth. Watergate's only that bad because it's been, it's a president and it's national, but you, you show me something more corrupt than that. During an active criminal investigation, keyword, during an active criminal investigation, moving evidence, not giving it to the investigators, moving it, hiding it. Is that known to the public? Nope. <laughs> uh, is it known to the public that Governor Snyder himself, not like a lackey, but himself, was involved with efforts to obstruct the criminal investigation? And what I mean by that is, I don't want to say too much, but basically threw some mud out there to, to obstruct the criminal investigation. No, no, of course not. Because they tried to paint it like, um, well, when the new AG's office took over, when they found these documents that anybody who had been present or following the previous investigators' uh, hearings, the criminal hearings, they made it seem like the guilty party was uh, the previous investigators. And they said they were lazy by overlooking these documents but they had already put them in. And so that's how they painted it. They didn't paint it like Governor Snyder, the guilty party was the guilty party. They tried to blame it on, and, and then the thing is, is they didn't even focus on the hidden documents themselves. They just said, oh, well, the previous um, prosecutor was just lazy for not looking in the, 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 you know, for these documents. But who cares what the documents are or the fact that they were hidden to begin with. They completely snowed right past that, just bulldozed right past the, the guilty parts, the fact that it was hidden documents and uh, who hid it? The governor. And like, maybe we should do something about that. And perhaps that should be like a charge. Um, but then no, let's just go ahead and um, charge him with a misdemeanor and a thousand dollar fine. That's fine. I mean, who cares about hidden evidence and all that stuff, but we can use it to attack the previous investigation. That's cool. That's fine. So, so the other thing here is, you know, Obviously, we have no laws for corporations in America. I mean, BP, you know, destroyed yeah. water, killed people. You know, they basically got a hefty fine. Uh, oil pipelines routinely poison people, destroy the water, animal life, fines, fines, fines. So we don't really expect massive corporate penalty. I mean, nobody's in jail for the for destroying the glo global financial crisis uh, economy. However. I don't know. You would have to think that if you have all of this evidence of one administration, Democrat or Republican, it really doesn't matter, doing all this, at a certain point, you know, is the governor who's the chief executive, is he out to lunch? Does he not know any of this is happening under him? Um, or... Is this a wink and a nod or the mafia boss? He's not the one putting the people in the in the in the trunk of the car, but he knows it's happening. Right. He, he's 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 informed. 
Um, it's just miraculous to me because the, in January, the attorney general actually, she charged the governor with a misdemeanor. But more importantly, she charged the governor's top advisor, essentially his henchman, who tried to pay you off, tried to pay off a lot of sick residents. Mm-hmm. Not my opinion. This is resident after resident on the record saying he offered me sweet de- sweetheart deals, pay for this, pay for that. If you would just quiet down. We actually got audio of him offering a sick yeah. Flint couple a sweet medical deal to, to basically shut the fuck up because they were making too much noise and were getting media attention. This man, the governor's advisor, fixer, right-hand man, perjury he was charged with, extortion, obstruction of justice, and misconduct in office. How was he doing all that without the governor knowing about it? Well, and if he was this rogue employee, uh, why hasn't the former governor come out and said, oh, that guy has nothing to do with me. I had nothing to do with any of that. Oh, no, he did this all himself, and he should be charged with also you know, running amok because I wouldn't have wanted that. No, he basically also presented himself, um, especially with, in meetings with me and my attorneys, is me and Rick, meaning him and Rick Snyder. So he's speaking for the both of them. He attended meetings on behalf of Rick Snyder for years. And uh, that was never a problem. And so then it's come out that all this is happening. There's no way that, excuse me, one tough nerd who says that uh, the buck stops with me, I don't know what he's talking about, but fine, um, didn't know this was going on. And then once he made, was made aware of it, he has not even condemned it. He is not, he stood up for his buddy and even his attorney is standing up for his buddy. So, you know, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he's not upset about anything that, you know, that Rich Bear did because he's not, you know, he, he's not said anything about like, oh my God, I'm, I'm denouncing what, you know, what Rich Bear did it had nothing to do with me. None of that. So you would think, especially if you were worried about getting charged with serious, you know, criminal charges that your buddy got charged by doing your will, got charged with, um, you think that he would be concerned with that. But no, not at all. He's not said one thing about Rich Baird. And the fact that he went out of his way, let's not forget that the history there is that Rick Snyder was paying Rich Baird um, out of his slush fund. The, um, you know, but yet Rich Bear was granted all of the permissions of, you know, a government employee without being under government you know, oversight. He was paying him him out of his super PAC. Yep. Yep. Paying him out. But then he was given all of the permissions and all the power of a government employee. You know, it's because of activists and, and, you know, people that pushed and forced him to be put on the government payroll. So he's held, you know, he should be held accountable for, you know, the work he did as a government employee on behalf of Governor Snyder. And then it's funny. So Rich Baird gets charged with these things, which I think is proper. I think the, these are good charges against Rich Baird. Um, but why is the guy that okayed what he was doing, paid him to do it, and knew that he was doing it, of course, because he was doing it on behalf of Rick, Rick Snyder. Why is Rick Snyder not being charged with the same things? And I want to finish what I was told again. Oh, God. By, by a big, big outlet, an editor for a pretty large national outlet. Um this, what she told me next, is actually the, the truth. This is why they don't want to touch it. Ah. Uh, here we go. Second, second, because of the readership hurdle, because of the readership hurdle, it then becomes a weighing of whether the editors could take on the amount of time that goes into working on big investigative stories like this and to do the due diligence to make sure they're unassailable. 
as you saw with me, and especially for a piece of the magnitude and scale that you and Jed did for, we just left out which outlet it was, it was a lot of work. It's not as front of mind because there's so much going on, so much time has passed, et cetera. So first of all, first of all, uh, the Capitol insurrection happened, we're going on three months ago. I'm not saying put it in the you know time capsule and never talk about it again, but they're certainly dragging it out on yeah. CNN and MSNBC. I mean, they're still doing you know retrospectives and all this stuff on the Capitol attack from three months ago. Uh, they're not in Flint anymore. They're not down in Texas anymore, which still is suffering after that extreme uh, weather conditions uh, and the power outages and p- citizens being left with $20,000 electric bills. They're not in Mississippi, who's having a water crisis. Uh, they're not in Ohio. Ford just shut down another plant, sending it to Mexico. The list goes on and on and on. So this whole bullshit notion, and again, I actually like this person, so it's not about what, it's not her. This notion that, oh, it was so long ago that so people just forget. No, the people forget because you're not covering it. That's how the media works. The people forget because you're not covering it. Sorry, I'm going to get angry. It's their job to inform people so they don't forget. So they don't come around and be like, oh, Flint's still happening? Oh, we didn't know. Yeah, because nobody told you. I mean, we can only talk so much in Flint. We can only yell so loud. If nobody's there to amplify our voices, people stop caring because they don't know it's still happening. But as soon as they find out, they get pissed, they get upset. They're like, what can we do to help? Oh, thank you. Because, yes, yep. Had They were doing their job. Well, first of all, we probably wouldn't be going on seven years. There would be some damn justice and things would be changed. We would help have people helping us mobilize to fight for the things that we need for an actual, you know, recovery that they keep saying that we're in. So, you know, we could stand together because again, this, you know, <laughs> one of the Flint activists, the old school activists here, she said, as goes Flint, so goes the world because it, what happens here ends up spreading everywhere else. You know, sometimes good things like the, you know, the, 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 the housing rights and civil rights, sometimes, you know, the sit down strike, sometimes bad things like emergency management and privatization and water being poisoned and people just turning the, uh, looking the other way and getting away with it. So yeah, if the if mainstream media was doing their job and you know, I get it, there is a lot of shit going on, but I, I don't know why we're less important. Like somebody needs to explain to me why the poisoning and the struggle of our kids the, and of our elderly, of our adults, why during layered crises, why is this not touched upon? I mean, we were just a, an easy breeding and destruction and death ground. We had a 12 and a half percent fatality rate for the longest time with COVID. We only have 10% vaccinated people in a community, in a county that is majority made up of us, the 100,000 poisoned people, they're not even bothering. I have I have a client at my at, at work, he's 34 years old, he's poisoned. He's also got, he's now on dialysis because he's got end-stage renal disease and congestive heart failure. He still hasn't got a call back about his COVID vaccine. Also, can somebody tell me how these vaccines work on people with already compromised immune systems like me? I'm just curious. How does it, you know, what, how does it affect as an impact or help poison folks? Nobody cares. And I'm like, oh, okay. It's because that's just Flint. And it's so easy for people to be like, well, that's just happening to them. It couldn't happen to me. Oh, you pay a water bill, you drink water, you got pipes that your water comes through. 
There you go. You know, can somebody profit off of you being poisoned? There you go. Yeah, you can end up just like us. But they painted us like we're so gross and we're so pathetic and we're so, you know, completely different than the rest of the country that nobody. Oh, no, 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 no. And that's the thing. Like I told you, I gave you advice. If you want to go after some elected officials, you want to get some answers. Tell them that they're acting just like the you know officials in Flint with the Flint water crisis because everybody gets grossed out. Oh, God, no, we're not. We're not like Flint. We can't be like Flint. I mean, that's, you know, as an insult and a kick in the gut to us, but it's true because that's the first thing they need jerk reaction. Like, holy God, no, like going after different governors and going after different mayors. They're like, oh, oh no, 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 we're nothing like Flint. We're, we're not doing anything like Flint. And I'm like, okay, so you know, it's still a friggin' problem. You know, so, I find it interesting. I want to read, reread this real quick because it's just, frankly, is bullshit. She said, she said, and again, I like this person, so she's just she's just kind of telling me her thoughts on why uh, outlets keep passing because of the readership hurdle. Then it becomes a weighing of whether the editors could take on the amount of time that goes into working on big investigative stories. So. I don't know. No, Melissa, you, you hand I mean, them the story. You I mean, already did the work. Right. Besides me doing the work. So readership hurdle. What, what exactly does that mean? Tell me, like, I, I'm just taking, too stupid to understand I'm just, it. I'm just taking off my journalist hat. And just as somebody who consumes news and there's not much to consume these days, that's actually <laughs> news. Right. I don't know. I'm kind of riveted by like corruption stories. Yeah. I kind of like reading. I don't say like because it's terrible, but I actually like when government officials are exposed. Most people, I think, like when government officials are exposed. I think, I don't know if you, I don't really think you'd have some hurdles to people reading about evidence destroyed, evidence hidden, evidence burned. Let me repeat, burned. If you have a problem getting people to read that, then you shouldn't have a job right. as a news editor. If you can't get people to read that, then you shouldn't be in the news business, number one. Number two, the news... You know, I'm just dropping the veil here for you because most editors' jobs, for those of you watching, is not actually to edit the story. It's to bastardize the story down to 1,500 words. It is to neuter the story down to 1,500 words because they think the American people are stupid and the American people will only read it in bite-sized tweets while taking a shit. Sorry to be graphic, but that's the truth. So I said... To the people I'm dealing with now, God willing, if it gets out with them, because I'm holding my holding my breath. Um, honestly, I there is there is no way based on everything we have found to cut this down to 2000 words. I've cut it down enough. I cut it down to 5000 words, which I think isn't long enough based on what we have. Um, but I said. There, you know, at a certain point. Are you in the news business to do a public service or not? Because if you're not, then get the fuck out of the way. Because to me, and again, I, I, I don't mean that, you know, obviously to the people of Flint, it's about Flint. But to me, this is about much more than Flint. If, if this information keeps getting suppressed, and it's been suppressed now for four years, even the few journalists that tried to get it out, you know journalists with some outlets, that even the stories they were able to get out on Flint were 
so, so suppressed, so, so watered down to this sanitized version, which wasn't the truth. And if this truth doesn't get out, how are you ever supposed to hold government officials accountable if the truth about the heinous things they do don't get out? Because at a certain point, you as a media outlet are complicit in the crime. Let me repeat that. At a certain point, you are complicit in the crime. There is a difference between like a freelance journalist going on a road trip and getting some like cool story and pitching it to Rolling Stone and Rolling Stone not thinking it's quite cool. And just like an editor disagrees, right? Like what you think is gold, the other person doesn't. That's different. Editors pass on shit all the time. But when you present editors like concrete evidence of, frankly, you tell me a bigger governmental corruption scandal and they keep passing, citing we don't have the resources, we can't invest at this time, uh, we don't really work with free, work for freelancers, uh, we're kind of really busy right now with you know Trump and the elections or whatever. At a certain point, aren't you kind of complicit in the su suffering of Flint? Because I'll tell you what, Melissa, and I know you know you were were a little bit involved with this settlement, the civil settlement. But if half of this information had gotten out sooner, Flint would have gotten a lot more money. Yep, Flint would have gotten a lot more money because the liability for the government would have been a lot higher if the that this governor and his administration pulled. We're not talking about like a subtle cover up. We're talking about a a legit crime novel level cover up that the world doesn't know about. And there's two journalistic crimes here. Number one, the outlets that pass on this, but then the outlets that actually allow it to be published, then the other outlets still pass on even doing a write-up. I, I was on the phone for two hours, Melissa, with somebody from the Associated Press. Who, he's a nice guy. I think you know who he is. But he's a nice fella, shall I say. And I said, Associated Press, like, the big leagues. I said, how are you guys writing story stories on the charges against Rick Snyder and not even having one paragraph with a link to a recent report that showed the governor lied to Congress? How does that happen? How does the Associated Press, which, by the way, sets the news cycle, if the Associated Press reports it, local news picks it up, national news, cable news picks it up. How are you guys writing up the charges like it's a press release for the attorney general's office, but leaving out that a, that a, the, the Intercept, the national news outlet, found his phone calls, found a briefing that was sent to him? How does this happen? He didn't really have an answer for me. He basically said, yeah, you know, it's kind of hard bureaucracy here. They want to vet the information. I said, here, here, I'll, I'll hand it to you. Vet it. I don't know. I'm just venting at this point, but what do you know? No, I mean, it, and it's true. And I mean, the, one of the worries that I had when the current AG drops the ongoing, you know, the charges, you know, what, two years ago, it's like almost two years ago, when she dropped those initial charges that were heading to trial for manslaughter. And there was a lot of serious stuff that didn't get recharged. That was my first thought. It was that, okay, they're dropping the charges because guess what? If there's no criminal charges dangling out there, then I guess they're going to be able to uh, settle for a lot less because it makes, you know, the poisoning look a lot less serious if nobody's, you know, being held accountable for, you know, death. And so then all of a sudden the charges come back after 
the settlement starts moving forward and, you know, we're doing what we can to get as much as we can, but guess what? We're getting a big middle finger. So, you know, I mean, <laughs> so then you look at this, you know, the charges that come forward. I'm like, okay, so the lower level people getting charged. Okay, cool. All right. And then they're like, you know, oh, we heard that Rick Snyder's name is on the list. I'm like, all right. Okay. So hopeful Melissa that tries to remind our community that we're worth something and that we got to keep fighting. And maybe this is something positive. Don't be super negative, Melissa, because everybody blah, 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 blah is saying, okay, so he's getting charged with something. And what did I tell you, Jordan? I said, it better not be a parking ticket. And what was it? A parking ticket, basically a thousand dollar misdemeanor fine. And then people wanted my reaction. I'm like, 